Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Okay, welcome back to Business Unfiltered. I'm here, Jeff Sauer, and with me as always is Mercer. And today we're going to talk about employee compensation strategies. I think this is a really good one and a juicy one because there's a lot of different ways to do it. I've seen some really good advice out there. I've seen some bad advice out there, and I've lived it on both the employee side and the employer side. So I have a pretty balanced 360 view, and I'm guessing that you do as well, Mercer. So let's go ahead and talk about employee compensation strategies, and I'd love to hand it over to you to define what you're thinking about when we talk about this topic. Yeah, I love this topic as well because there's so many nuances with it. And I think it's like, especially with compensation, you know, let's just kind of define that right now. It's just like, what what are you getting? So A, just employee comp is is just sort of team member comp, I guess is how I'm thinking about it. Not just W-2s for those of us that are here in the US, but, you know, your the the VAs, right? The, the outsourcers, all of that sort of stuff is, is what I sort of count that as. And then compensation is, for me, more than just money. But it's it's everything. So of which payroll is a part of this, right? Like how much money are you going to earn and how are you going to earn that? But also like what other aspects can you uh, give them, right? In order to compensate them for the activities that they're giving your organization. So uh, I'm definitely into, into this topic. And, and I think, you know, just to start off with, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, maybe if you've got any stories of comp plans gone wrong, whether it was with yourself uh, or somebody else, right? Whether it was some complaint that you offered somebody that just kind of didn't get you the result or get you an unintended result. Because I think a lot of times with compensation, you got to be careful what you ask for. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you, you create these plans and all of a sudden you start getting these unintended consequences because of the exact thing that you put in place to solve problems, yeah. right? But it was like, it caught these other things. Did you have any stories like that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny, like my first comp plan as an employee or as a agency owner, I was a, a minority owner in my agency. And the comp was all over the place, right? Like I got paid a base and I quickly I realized that I was creating way more value than that base salary. So I think that's that, you know, basically a comp plan, you get paid what you get to do the job and then you get paid extra if you add more value to that organization. And that value is generally through more revenue or more profit or more book value on the company, right? If it's a pre-revenue startup company, you get paid shares if you're adding more value to the overall valuation of the company, right? So those are the reasons why you would get more than just getting paid to do the job. Otherwise, you would just get paid a salary or an hourly rate, whatever is negotiated, and that's it, right? So I think that a compensation plan, total compensation is usually an indicator of the fair market value that you provide, right? So I didn't really know that going into it, but I was like, hey, you're not paying me enough base. I'm going out there and selling stuff. I'm on three sales calls a week. We're closing deals. We're bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars. I need a piece. I need a piece of the action, right? That That's often how, you know, it, in the, the purest form, that's how bonuses started in the first place is like you create the action, you get a piece of it, right? And I learned this yep. specifically or the comp plan that I ended up getting when I made that um, when I talked to my, my team members about that, I was like, Hey, I need a piece of this. They said, okay, we're going to put you on a pure sales commission structure because they were salespeople. And so sales bonuses and compensation usually works in the following way. You get a 
amount of money that's your quota. You need to hit this amount of money in order to stay working as a salesperson, right? So it might be a million dollars a year. It might be $100,000 a year. It really depends on the type of business. A million dollars a year is a good threshold, though, because that means that if you can hit that number, um, you're basically making your company enough money to cover your salary. Let's solve a million is a really good round number to use. So say that your quota is a million dollars a year. Okay, your 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 salary is based on you hitting a million dollars a year. If you don't do that, you didn't even earn your salary. Then 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 after you get to a million, you start getting a five percent piece of the action, right? So if you go from a million to two million dollars, you get five five percent of that increase in revenue. So you go from a million to two million, you get five percent of everything above that. And so if you add an extra million dollars, you get paid an extra fifty thousand dollars in bonuses. Once you meet your your ends meet, once you meet the what the company's paying you and everything, then you get to make more. Then the next one is you go up, okay, well if you go over two million well, now there's more profit coming from that because we've already covered your expense. We've already covered the team's expenses. Everything over $2 million, you get 10%, right? So you get an escalator, right? You get $2, $2 million over over that or anything over $2 million. So if you go to 2 to $3 million, you get an extra $100,000. So you can get paid your your initial amount of money plus an extra fifty, plus an extra $100,000. And that incentivizes you to not really have any ceiling at all. You just keep on selling as much as you can so you can keep on going above that. So that, that was actually my first one. It was like... Uh, escalator. I get paid what I'm getting paid because that's what the company has already invested in me. They budgeted it. Once they make their money back on the budget, then they get a little bit more. And then once I blow the top off of it, they can even give me more money. And I really like that model for some reasons, for many reasons. Well, I'm, well we have a whole podcast to talk about it in this model particularly, but um, where it goes wrong. And that's the thing is where it went wrong for me was that that first year I blew the ceiling off of it so well that the next year, the ceiling started at where I ended, not where I was before. And it was just one of these things where it was a moving goalpost. So I think that this is actually one of the things that I really want to talk about is the moving goalpost idea of bonuses and compensation. I don't think that I should have had the easy goal every single year, but you shouldn't make the goal the last high you hit, right? So it's somewhere in between being at an all-time high and and just covering your expenses. And so there's a lot, that's why we talk, that's why we have 30 minutes plus to talk about compensation strategies because the strategies have implications. So have you ever experienced anything like that, Mercer, where you like you had a target, you you beat it and then the goalpost moved on you? Or do you have another way of looking at it? Yeah, it depends on the role, right? Because I think I think what you're speaking of is is really gonna kind of land with sales people in, in the sales yeah. market, right? So anybody that's pr producing some sort of sales, because everything's like mm -hmm. that, you know, it's always commission based or something like that. Like my first job was um, in radio back in the day. And at the time I, I was a, as a, you know, surprise, I was a disc jockey, right? I was a DJ. A so I had this voice, voice I <laughs> you know, exactly. Right. So it's like, that was my first real job because everybody literally kept telling me whenever I answered the phone, like, wow, you should be a DJ. <laughs> so I'm like, well, let's go find out how to do that. So I, I became a DJ, uh, long story short. But in that process, I realized very quickly uh, within that first year that DJs aren't where the money's made. Like, don't get me wrong. You have the lottery ticket winners like Howard Stern and everything else. But as a general species, they don't get paid a lot. Um, but the salespeople did, right? And so I was looking, that was my first sort of foray into seeing the sales team and how they were working and how much money they were making and going like, all right, well, like, this is pretty good. I was a young kid. So it was like, I had no, you know, everything was disposable income back then. Right. Uh, took very little to sort of keep things break even. So my first sort of job in sales that way was, uh, I went to the general manager and he's like, listen, I, I don't know, like, I'll give you a shot. Go, here's the phone book. Remember those back in the mm -hmm. day, here's a phone book, go through the yellow pages. And it was around the holiday season. It was like, 
around sort of end of year. And so we were doing these campaigns that were basically like, hey, you know, make sure you don't drink and drive this holiday season brought to you by ABC Lawyer Company, right? Something like that. So because I was a DJ, I could make my own commercials and I could produce stuff. So what I did is I basically wrote the scripts, sold everything just by cold calling people. Um, and what they, what they allowed for me was to say, okay, we're going to pay you half of what you earn, but it's a hundred percent commission, mm -hmm. right? So all the risk is on my part. I'm showing up extra. I'm essentially putting volunteer duties, but I believe in myself and I want to get my foot in the door. So I did that. So I did the half and, and long story short, within that first month, um, the, the general manager, uh, realized he was like, well, actually I'm not going to do that. He's, he calls me and he says, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to pay you half. Like I said, I was going to, um, instead I'm just going to hire you, you know, so I'll get you caught up. In other words, that first month he was like, I'm going to pay you more. Like, this is a bad deal for him is what he realized. He's like, wait, I can't keep this yeah. going. This doesn't scale, you know? So I'm going to give you a base, right? And that's what it was like for sales. You get sort of like a, a base salary so that no matter what, you can't go below this right? But it's what they call a draw. So the draw would be, you know, let's say I, I make 10% of every sale, just to keep it round numbers. And let's say my draw was two grand, right? $2,000. So I would have to sell $20,000 in radio yep. to just cover my $2,000 draw, but I could not go below that. So if I only sold 10,000, uh, then I would at least, uh, would at least get the, the $2,000. And so that draw was nice. And I was starting to learn about that as a compensation strategy, right? So you can, I can theoretically manage my own time. Like I'm a hundred percent commission knowing I got to get at least to that $20,000 level. Um, and then everything above that, obviously that commission stayed uh, the same and, and could go up. And I think that works pretty well for salespeople. I think to your point, you can't, when you're managing salespeople, it's important to not you know, make the the high bar the new low bar, yeah. right? To, to, which is the same thing that you went through, which is like, it's too high now. Like that was a really good year. Maybe there was marking additions that made it good. Maybe there was a little bit of luck in that. Maybe it was one really big client. And what are the odds of you being able to repeat that the next time? And when that happens, when people kind of hit that standpoint, they're going to get demotivated because it's now it's so high. Yeah. You're like, I'm not climbing this mountaintop again. Let me just go someplace else, take all my newfound skills and my experience and go shop them. Right. And that's what happens a lot with salespeople. Uh, they'll, they're, they're sort of like, you know, the, the old uh, Ronin samurai, right? Like that samurai without a master. That's kind of how they, a lot of them, that's how they operate. But that's because of those compensation strategies. You just, you just shop the deal, yeah. right? And you get a better deal somewhere. Um, so that's sort of how, you know, mine, my sort of foray into that. But there's other comp plans. Like, you know, we have uh, with our senior leadership, we have them on bonus plans for us. So when we, and it's exactly the sort of progressive um, plan that you're talking about in terms of every level that, the, t that the, the team goes up in their department, right? When they help us get to a certain level of revenue, they share in that amount, yeah. right? So they'll give a, like, so let's say our base is, you know, $100,000 and we have to, and let's say monthly, right? To keep it monthly. So we got to do $100,000 a month and then uh, a department head might get, you know, 2% of the next. $50,000 yep. or something like that, that we make over that, but they might get 5% of anything from 150 to 200. If we go over 200, we're now they're getting 10% because I'm trying to, you know, help, help them to go like, man, if I just put a little extra in, or I, I actually mention that creative idea as opposed to just thinking about it inside myself. Right. Uh, and it grows the company's level. They get to share in a bigger part of a bigger pie. And then what we'll do is every year I'll look at that and I will readjust it. So that, you know, based upon where we are currently and where expenses are, you know, um, so that's sort of how we, we think about it. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of similarities. I think funny thing is similarities all come down to, and, and then like the differences between them, a lot of, the, of it comes down to terminology 
and the outcome that you're saying and the role, right? So you had mentioned the, you know, the, 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 you need to get your base, your base salary, right? Or you said your draw, right? Draw is like an advance on a book. So like a book advance, you might get a $50,000 book advance, but you don't get paid any more money until you, until you sell enough copies There's to get you more money, right? Um, a, a quota means that you get paid this much as your base salary and you don't get paid anymore after that. So, so most comp plans involve a base salary, unless you, like you said, hundred percent commission, that is, that's definitely a plan where there is no base, right? You're, you're betting on yourself entirely. And those, you know, that that's generally going to attract a certain type of person, a competitive person who may do really well, but generally a hundred percent comp means that they get, that they don't have the same escalators that a salaried person would have because you're getting paid a hundred percent. And so if somebody's really good at it, it's actually riskier to the employer than having somebody on a base yes. salary, right? Because that, because it sets the incentive yes. wrong and you, you experience that. And I'm sure other people who are really good at sales have experienced that as well. When you're hundred percent commission, you actually, if you're good at it, people regret it. And so it's sort of like a, a revenue share with a client, right? If you do a revenue share, generally speaking, once you, if you're really successful on rev shares, they just, they lock you out and they don't pay you the money. Um, that those, those are the types of things that are really challenging, right? So th th there's comp structures, but basically, I think from both of our experiences, 100% commission has generally been something that doesn't last for very long, or or either the person selling doesn't last very long, or the the structure doesn't last very long. And I experienced that too. I was getting when I first started with the agency, I wasn't even an employee or a partner in the agency, but we'd do 50 50 on every deal we sold. So so I they would they would do the selling, I would do the I'd create the website, I'd launch the search campaign, I'd do um, the the day to day maintenance on Google Ads, I'd do everything right. Um, and I got 50% of that. And it was actually way more money than I made when I did it when I had 100% of a smaller pie. But they're like, Oh, man, you're getting paid like I, we just wrote you a check for 25 grand. They're like, we're not gonna be able to do that every single month, like 50%. We can't pay that to do this thing. We need to be more at like 20% or 25% to run the business. So so anytime you have uh, a, an unfair advantage, usually that gets that gets evened out over time, right? And as a business business owner, yep. you want to even that out as well. So like you, you, you said the same thing. So this is I'm, I'm getting somewhere here. And that is that if you if you have a bonus plan for your C suite, it's generally not necessarily based on revenue, unless they have an impact on revenue, it's based on revenue, right. profit, things that they have control over. And you're right, you 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 need to have a threshold. And that threshold is like your like when I say threshold, that's the term that was used for me, but it's basically like how much money you want to make. It's based on your budget. So if you're budgeting that the company's going to do $500,000 in a year, you pay everybody according to $500,000. That's their base salary. But then if you move, if you're suddenly getting to a million dollars in revenue, you can give, there's more to go around because you're not necessarily having to add more team members or you're able to get, you know, the, the extra $500,000 is found money or new money that you hadn't budgeted. And there should be some kind of surplus in there. So when you grow revenue, there is usually a surplus in that same year because you budgeted for half a million, you made a million dollars. So there's $500,000 left. Even if you hired a couple new people, there's still a couple hundred grand left over to distribute. Um, business owner gets yep. the most of it and then other people get a little bit more of it, right? But then the next year, you're not budgeting off of $500,000 anymore, right? You're budgeting off of what you got to. You're budgeting off that million dollars. And that's why it's always necessary to raise the bar, right? To move the goalposts a little bit. I think the main difference is, is like, okay, did we get that hundred thousand dollars? The main thing that people need to consider is, did we get that hundred or that million dollars in revenue? Is that sustainable? 
or was it a weird one-time condition? A lot of the times companies will grow in revenue in a non-sustainable way. And that's where the comp plans get out of whack. Like, is it is likely right. achievable that next year your team is going to get the same number or not? Or do you want to say, okay, well, we made a million this year. Let's go bring our budget back down to 600 grand because that's the guaranteed amount of money that we're going to get. That's the recurring revenue. And then if we go above and beyond that, that was actually a pretty big thing for us at our agency, Mercer, is that, you know, we, we basically, we ended up doing between six and $8 million every year, right? Well, we started the year with about $5 million in recurring revenue, like people who'd renew their contracts, long-term clients and stuff like that. Everything else, we had to earn one, two, three million dollars every year. So it's like, did we sell a million dollars in extra business or three million dollars in extra business that year? And so that that way, you might want to adjust your comp plans, or we should have adjusted our comp plans according to we have that five hundred thousand recurring. Everything else is incremental. But what we ended up doing is five million, right? What we ended up doing is we started at that the highest number we got, right? And that really made it challenging to do that. So I think there are. I mean, there's just, there's, there's so many variations on the same thing, right? But it usually comes down to revenue increase, profit increase, being over budget, being under budget. Those are the sort of the, the, the unifying themes here. Is that, is, would you agree with that? Or is there something that I'm missing on, mm-hmm. on what makes these levers happen? Yeah, no, I think, you know, one, one thing that I, I like of, and we're, and we're moving more into this now because we were small, right? So we were making a, you know, maybe a, quarter of a million to 500,000, something like that, you can do kind of simple comp plans. And I, and I would keep them very simple. Like it's a, a percentage of revenue or something like that. I think it's easy at that point, depending upon how you're getting the revenue, you got to make sure you know how you're doing that. Um, but as you get bigger, that becomes harder to do, right? Because there's more things that are involved in the revenue. For example, um, if we said, okay, well, you know, you got to do a million dollars. And if we do a million dollars in revenue this year, everyone's going to get a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that sounds like a great thing off the top, right? And we're going to have a little bonus and everyone's get this cool thing. And yet you spend a million dollars in paid traffic to make that million dollars. Now you have zero profit, but you just promised everybody $100,000 bonuses with what, right? So it's like you can't use revenue because it's, it's how you make revenue. Now, we didn't do a lot of paid traffic back then. So that wasn't something we had to concern ourselves with. Now, as we get more and more into paid traffic, it is. So now we have this like qualified revenue metric that we're using, which is like, okay, here's your total revenue. We're going to take out the paid traffic because that is eating all the all that you know a certain amount of revenue, and then you've got your qualified revenue. You know, and we sort of make it adjust accordingly to keep to keep the energy there. But again, that's just the the commission structures and that and the bonus plans and all that. Well, I think those are good. I think those are also just one aspect of compensation, yeah. right? You've got regular hourly team members or maybe salary based team members, which is kind of how I like to do it, um, with uh, you know outsourcers or, or things along those lines where we're offering the compensation, not just in terms of the salary, because we want to make sure that we're a competitive salary. Um, but even if we're not like the highest paid, like I don't ever want to be the place that's known as the, we pay the best out of everybody in the world. Like, I, I don't think I want that as the brand. Not that that would be a bad thing. Just if we're known for it, I think it's yeah. a bad thing because it attracts the wrong people. Right. Um, but if it's like, Hey, we're, we, we pay competitive wage and we have other compensations so that like, for example, vacation, time off, pay time off, right. Flexibility and yeah. schedule. Uh, the ability to work remote, right, as, as we all now have with, with distributed teams. Obviously, that used to be a much bigger deal back uh, pre-pandemic than it is now, since everybody sort of mm-hmm. does that. But back in there, it, w- it was definitely uh, worth it. For our team members, our, our U.S.-based team members, we had a, a meeting where we were saying, listen, we can either, 
you know, this was years ago. We could we could either come in and say, hey, we're going to do bonus structures and and you know adjust them, and then you make more money, or or um, and this is because and I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. This is because we had a, we I asked them in this team meeting. I was like, listen, let's go through where you want to be in five years. How much money do you want to be making? What sort of role do you want to be playing? What your daily activity is going to be? And then how does that tie into where you want to be personally and financially yeah. in terms of your savings, your retirement, right? Things like that. Well, a lot of them, um, and, some, and some of them, and they're all different ages, right? So this wasn't like it was a bunch of 18-year-olds. Um, but they, they came back with like, we haven't really thought a lot about retirement. We haven't thought a lot about where we want our savings to be because they weren't future focused as, as much. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit older, um, but when I'm, when I'm looking at it, I am very future focused. I've always been future focused that way. So for me, I'm like, wow, how are you not thinking about that? But it was, but that was okay. It was like, I didn't realize they weren't. And then when I did, I was like, okay, listen, here's what we can do. We can either do these bonus plans. Everybody gets more money. It's up to you with whatever you do with it. Or we do a company match, maybe 401k. Yeah. We can build retirement, get people into the stock market. They can have retirement you know, funds out there and over, you know, 20 years, they've, they've got some decent amount or whatever the thing is. And, um, to their credit, I think, cause it was, it was a maturity of the team. They were like, oh yeah, 401k for sure. That's what we want. 401k company matching. So that's what we did. We, we created that. So there was another compensation strategy that we could offer because we give 401k. So you've got that, that company is matching whatever you're putting into it. So if you put more in your 401k, we're going to match it, right? And that's a way that they could get additional compensation. That's one of those things that honestly, day to by day, you don't necessarily feel as the business owner. I don't think you necessarily feel it as the, as the, on the team member end. And yet a year or two later, you, you look at this, you know, you, you remember you got it, you know, and you look at your statement of this thing that you forgot you set up. And then there's like thousands back yeah. there and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I also got that. And that's a good feeling. I remember having that feeling when I was on that side of the equation with other companies I've been a part of, right? Having a 401k and company matching and, and be like, oh, that was really cool. So there's there's lots of different ways to to comp things out. So I think it's not like you have to have a ton of money to pay, um, to pay. Like that makes it easier. Don't get me wrong. But there's other ways to build comp, right? In terms of flexibility. When I first started, the person who's now a director of measurement, Julie, she started as uh, what we used to call a digital marketing assistant for 15 bucks an hour flat rate, you know? And then she's obviously her comp has completely changed from where it was to then. But we got started with what we had available to us, which was hourly, you know? And it was kind of like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to expect a certain amount. And I think back then, to be fair, we, we didn't do hourly. We always just um, based it on a salary, you know, and, and kind of kept it easy that way. Yeah. But it but it does change. But I think that anybody listening to this, don't think that it has to be, you know, a sales comp based plan or a bonus percentage. Like I think those are useful for certain team members for sure. But otherwise, some people are just motivated more by stability. Yeah. You know, and they they want to know they don't need ten thousand dollars that month. That's not what's motivating them. They just want to make sure that they have the consistent three. Yeah. You know, they just want to make sure that they're gonna be around a year from now and that's what they care about. And I I actually will talk to my team members about that. Like what makes what drives you? right? Um, is it stability or is it, no, I want the brass ring. Like I'm driven a little bit by both for sure. Um, but back when I was younger, it was a lot more like, you know, I'm going to go for the brass ring. I'm going to risk it all. You know, no problem. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Now it's a little bit more of the stability, but yeah, I still have a pretty good chunk of me. That's like, yeah, but I'll, I'll risk a little bit still, you know, I'm willing to wager on my own skill set. Um, so, but not everybody is like that. So when we would talk to the team members, you know, um, like I said, director of measurement, she's going to be a little bit more stable focused, uh, the marketing director, a little bit more aggressive focused, right? So his, his goals are going to kick in at a higher level because he's betting that 
he can produce the result that he needs to produce in order to get that brass ring, right? And level things up. And on her end, she's trying to keep things stable. She's helping us with retention, to your point about the recurring revenue. So she is helping us make that recurring revenue again, because if she wasn't servicing and make sure that all of our clients and students were happy at that particular brand, we wouldn't have them. Yeah. You know, so I, I give her a little bit of the upside um, on that as well, right? For that reason, I think I think that's something that should be rewarded as long as it's behavior that that's continuing. Um, so that's sort of you know some di some different ways that we've looked at it. I think the one like mistakes we've made with comp plans, um, especially with outsourcers, is paying too much too fast. Um, I, actually, that's not just that's not true. Just with outsourcers, we've definitely made that mistake where we pay too much too fast uh, occasionally because we're excited too, and as everybody starts growing, either you you pay so much especially when you're small, you can make this mistake. You pay so much that you're gutting the company's resources. So now all the money's going to the team because you came up with these cool little bonus plans to, to get somebody to, to risk with you maybe a little bit. And now you're trying to pay it out, but now you've robbed the company of resources yeah. that it actually needs to grow and scale, you know? So you have to adjust things. Um, and that kind of is rough. Um, but, uh, but otherwise just, you know, even on salaries, sometimes, you know, raising salaries too fast for a certain team member, um, we, you know, I've had that go wrong a couple of different times. I don't do it as often as I used to, for sure. Um, but I have had that because it just sometimes they just lazy is the wrong word. Um, but that's what it feels like. I think to the entrepreneurs, like, oh, I just being lazy now. Like you're just phoning in. Yeah. Um, but I think what happens is they just, they do get a little comfortable and there's a lot of money. And if they're smart, they're saving it. They're investing on their end. That's not, you know, I don't blame them for doing, for playing the game. Well, you know, like that's what they're doing. So they, they aren't necessarily as motivated. And if that team member doesn't have that core motivation, you're going to see it. Your comp plan will bring it out. Even if you thought they were motivated, that comp plan will demotivate sometimes yeah. um, based on that. Yeah. So I think it's, it's just one of those you know tools in the tool chest you got to constantly tweak. Yeah, I've seen that happen as well. So it's funny. you you you. I think we described my personality pretty quickly, my motivations by the way that I came out of the gates with saying it's it's a bonus and it's making more money. Because that is that was my motivation when I was younger. It's still a, a decent enough motivation here, because uh, I'm sort of a bet on myself entrepreneur type guy. Not everybody is that way, right? There's farmers and there's hunters. Right. Hunters probably want the right. big kill. Farmers probably want the consistency, right? And you need you need both in your organization in order to have results and and to be good. And and you know, speaking of mistakes, we made a mistake at our agency. I don't even know if it was a mistake, but we sort of baked our record of giving bonuses out because we had given it, you know, 16 consecutive quarters. We did a quarterly bonus. We're like, that's pretty much your comp now. Like, we're like, this is what you're going to get. Like, we, we're so consistent here that that's part of your comp plan. So you might get paid a lower base, but we do this bonus program, which is 20% of your salary. And that's going to be coming every quarter as well. So don't worry about it like that. That, that So we, we'd actually negotiate with that number in there. Like, what's the number going to be with the bonus? And then if you don't pay it, it does demotivate people really bad. So you sort of get on this thing where you have to pay that. And it can be even beneficial to do it that way because then you're paying once a quarter as opposed to every single two weeks. But that was a sort of mistake that we ended up making. But the other thing that you made me think of is on the employer side, how much money goes into these things. And so this is a it's a really big challenge to be an employer when you have benefits or comp plans that are non-monetary because those things are in the ether. Like a 401k match doesn't seem like much, but that's $5,000 that the company is giving you. You don't get it in your pocket. You get it when you're 65 or 69, whatever, 100 years old, whenever we can retire, right? You get it then. Yep. 
So like you don't realize that your company is actually giving you, say that you get $50,000, they're giving you 50,000 plus 5,000 plus they're paying six and a half percent in employer tax, you know, so they're paying another three, four grand. Plus if they do any insurance thing, that's another 12 grand. Um, it's about, you know, I, I worked in HR for a, the Minneapolis public school district in my first job and I got to see the fringe. I think they counted it about 35% fringe. So it's your salary plus 35% is what it costs the employer think about it. Everything else goes into it. It's about 35% in addition to it. So if you're getting paid 50 grand, it costs your employer about $67,000. They're paying you $67,000. Just that some of that goes to the government. Some of that goes to your retirement fund. Some of that goes to your insurance. And so it is sort of a crazy thing to think about it is that your total comp is actually already bigger than you think, even if it's even if they don't give you any of those things, even if they don't do insurance for you, or they don't do a 401k match, they're paying at least 6% more than they're paying you out. Right. So it's like, okay, well, you know, how do you get more money? My thing was always like, how do I get a bigger percentage of that now? Because I, I didn't really want to think about the long term. Although I do appreciate things like 401k and stuff like that as well. So I do agree that that figuring out people's motivations and the in the majority, the motivations of the majority will make your compensation plan overall better. So that's something to consider. I also I'm not, I'm not sure that I would customize plans by the individual. I would go by majority vote. So did you, do you customize by individual or did you just ask a bunch of individuals? What's the majority rule here? I do it by role. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's, that's not true. It's, it is by role and, and individual. Um, because again, some people are more stability focused and that honestly, it's sort of, that's why I say by role initially, because they, certain roles attract certain types of people, yeah. right? Like, the one, the one who's going to be like your good operations person, who's just the solid performer, who shows up, does the job, maybe a process-driven person who just loves process over and over again. They're not, we'd be the ones who are the most creative or bringing in new revenue ideas, but man, they can just keep the gears moving. Yeah. And that's a skill set, right? But they want stability. And if I went to them and said, hey, everybody voted 100% compensation, they're all going to get you know a percentage of revenue, they would leave, yeah. right? So I cannot make a majority rule for, I can't have the marketing and sales team determine what the operations team, how the operations team is going to be paid. Yeah. The two are completely different. Yeah. So I do it by role and then, and then by person when I'm talking to them to try to get an, an idea and an understanding of, of who they are. Like, do they want some upside? Like we, we recently had one of our, um, you know, the, the, of our ops team who came to me and said, you know, this is a few months back where they were like, Hey, I, I want, I would like a little more. They have a base, they have a, a decent base. Um, and they were like, but I would like a little more, right? So when I say base, they just had a salary. It was, there was no upside. So they came to me and said, listen, I, how do I make more money? And that was cool. Me, I said, like, okay, well, here's what we can do. Let's put you on a bonus plan. If you can do this, this, and this, we'll give you some of the upside. That's how you can make some more money. And then in the meantime, we're helping, um, training skills, uh, so that they can do more in the company because they were, they stood up and said, they raised their hands saying, how can I help? Right. Um, so I, so yes, they get upside from them, which I'm all, I'm fine with because I've done the same thing for other people's companies that I was a part of. Right. So I, I love that. And we can cross train, get them bigger skills. Eventually what I think will happen is the base will go higher and that sliver of bonus might be a little lower, but that's exactly what they want. They want the higher base. They would much rather trade the stability of a higher base rather than for the occasional up and up of the, you know, super high one month, I made $20,000 and I never made that again, yeah. you know? Uh, and now I'm all back to two. And cause it, that's not everybody can deal with that. I think salespeople are very, very built with that. That's, that's your hunters, yeah. right? Uh, as you mentioned earlier, but the farmers, they need the stability. Yeah. So that's, we do customize it um, by that. I think it requires discussions 
Um, and then it's keeping with the role, making sure that you're keeping with a strategy that even though the numbers might be slightly different for everybody's plans uh, or the, the roles plans, right? Because we, we're not enough where we have two directors of measurement, right? We just have the one. Um, we're not that big. But it's like, but that that as long as it's role-based compensation for me um, and that person who's in the role can help help me help them, right? To to get them where they need to go, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, the, you know, definitely certain roles are motivated by money. Those ones are more of a bonus structure. Most other people are motivated by the overall comp plan. And that is the, you know, that's how you motivate them. And basically, there are a lot of options out there when it comes to compensation strategies. And you probably want to do it based on role versus the individual, but some roles need it, some roles don't. And so that's our overall stance on compensation strategy. I think we got it all out there. Basically, if your company makes more money, then people can make more money as well. That's the that's the overall premise here. So that's it for our episode on employee compensation strategies. And I wanted to thank you for sharing this in advance and for talking to others, talking to other people about what you've learned today and also leaving us a review. Reviews are what make this thing go around. So if you've been listening for a while and you haven't left us a review yet, go ahead and go to your favorite podcast platform, wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review so that others can learn about this and so we can game the algorithm and become a top podcast. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you on our next episode of Business Unfiltered. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Russell and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered. Always unapologetically honest.